everybody. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast. This is Danielle, Aaron, and Beth. And we are here to explore the connection between humans and dogs and to give you some tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Today we have Miss Camry Tierney. She is a behavior dean at Minneapolis Middle School. I'm so stoked to have her. Number one, um, she's my niece. <laughs> That's true. Um, number two, she's rad. And, and also we want to hear all about the cool... Um, you know, new things that are happening in middle schools, yeah. um, techniques that are being used to help kids. Mm. Um, some We'll get some cool stats from her, et cetera. So welcome, Camry. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So let's start out by talking about your experience in growing up with dogs yeah. and what they've done for you, what they mean to you, yeah. what you feel about them, and anything that's that comes to mind. Totally. So I feel like maybe I'm the first person on the show who doesn't currently have a yeah. dog which is tragic my mm -hmm. life is crazy and I work a lot I have like three different jobs um working at the middle school is my main job but I just know that I'm not in a place in my life to have a dog which is fine but one day I, I can't wait but anyways, it's not just fine though it's commendable because yeah. if you get a dog when you're in a situation like this and it's just more stress on right. you and the dog. And I think I'm really like sensitive to that now, especially because the last dog that my family had, mm -hmm. we were not a good home for. But that's also commendable. You have been learning like mm -hmm. real life lessons. Oh, let's just I call it her, like another oh. freaking growth opportunity. We yeah. call it in, like the sobriety community. But mm -hmm. but. You rehomed her. Yes, yes. We rehomed her, um, which was absolutely the best thing for her. But yeah, that was Velvet, who was the most recent dog that was in my family. Velvet. Oh, the best, Velvie. best dog jumping dog. Oh like, God. I have a crazy oh video of her. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's set this up. So it's, it's at our cabin, family cabin. So... I'm going to video like Sharpie jumping off the dock, right? right? So Sharpie's, you know, he looks like a little bear cub. He's mm -hmm. and he's not super fast. Yeah. So but so it's like a big deal that he'll even just jump off the dock. So he's going down the dock. And then it's like, "Come on Sharpie, you have to kind of he stops at the end. You have to kind of encourage him." And I'll yeah. Yep. And then, wait for it, Velvet literally comes galloping and oh, jumps yeah. like 20 feet She's like an Olympian water. dog. It was crazy. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, she was great. Full of energy. Um, but, yeah. Just, just full of energy, really. She was and a cattle dog, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Or she was a coonhound cattle dog mix, I think. Okay. Um, but, yeah. But, so she was a dog that we loved, and we just weren't a good fit for her, and that's fine. And now she lives on a farm, which yep. I remember And really, mom, she truly does. She does. Not, I was just going to say, when my mom told me that, I, like, told my friends, and they were like, so you know that your dog is dead, right? I'm like, no, I promise you. It truly is a real, I know yeah. this for a fact. I can vouch for it. Yes. Yeah, you helped okay. with that. So, but anyways, the, the first dog that we had is, as, or actually, not the first dog we had at all, but the first dog that I think, like, really changed changed my life honestly was maya maya so maya we got shortly after our house was broken into and uh our car was stolen yeah. from our garage i don't know if you remember that but, i do but i was pretty little and i remember this happened we lived out like pretty rural area like out we you know we lived in hudson wisconsin at the time and we lived out on the outskirts of hudson and 
that messed me up so bad. I was terrified. I'm like, someone broke into our house. I didn't realize how. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, I was little, but I was just scared. I was just so scared. And like, I remember like falling asleep at night was always like terrible. That's also the first time that I like got a teddy bear and it was Carter's old teddy bear, my brother who passed away. So, anyways, that was a time in my life that was like, yeah not great so then we got maya like shortly after i don't remember how long after but i remember getting maya like 180 i was like i feel safe Mm. i feel secure like maya and maya slept in my room and i have four siblings and we all were at home living at home at the time and maya slept in my room every night Mm -hmm. every single night she always slept in my room well she would fall asleep in my room and then like go sleep on the top of the stairs but but I think she Starting, knew. Like, watching, yeah, yeah, she knew. She knew. I mean, she would have made the best therapy. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, Maya really, really like made me feel safe in a time that I was not feeling safe in my home. I really appreciate you sharing this because, like, honestly, I did not know. Yeah, how the extent of this. Yeah. So, and I but think, also I kind of had my head up my behind at that time too. So yeah, you know. and I think I didn't even know how much yeah. I was like not feeling great until we got Maya. And then I was like, wow, I feel so much better. Um, But yeah. Wow. That's so nice. So So Maya has since passed on. Yes. And she just died of old age and I was in high school when she passed away. And wow, that's a day I will never forget. Yeah. Cause I, and I think about this a lot. Like I've had a lot of um, crazy things happen in my life and some things that were sad and really hard. But losing Maya that specific day, that specific moment was the hardest day of my life. For really? sure. She, but her, also like it it shapes and molds your yeah. belief system. Yeah. And kind of understanding of the nature of yeah. reality almost. Yeah. I remember like I, I was holding her in my lap. Her head was in my lap when she like, you know, just the life went out of her body. And wow, was that just like I said, like, you know, I think I sort of mentioned earlier i had a brother who passed away when i was really young carter and so that you know was also one of the saddest things and hardest things i've ever had to deal with but i was so little when that happened and i think like losing maya like i remember it so well and i remember like that day and that moment so well and so while there's been a lot of times in my life where i've like been sad for a long time or whatever for a long time like that moment of losing maya like i will never forget it it's almost like being there for Maya and being super present and and like adultish um that that gave you some closure for yeah. when Carter passed because you were so young yeah. that you there's no way possible that you could have dealt yeah. dealt with it yeah, and totally. so yet yeah, then growing up you had the sadness about you because you lost your brother but mm-hmm. yet you weren't able to like be fully present while it happened totally. so now and that's super real because i like don't even really remember him i was one and a half yeah when he died right like, so that yeah so they, yeah it works in mysterious ways sometimes thanks for sharing that sweetie yeah. well okay but i know so you say okay 
Not so you say you don't have a dog. So allegedly <laughs> you don't have a dog. So okay, Secret you dog told us what I meant to say. A better choice of words is so. Um, you told us that you don't have a dog right now. However, yep. you are very dog adjacent to with a with a lot of people, yeah. including me and Kaylee, who is um, was another guest on our podcast, another family yeah. member, um, and also didn't you and your mom and your sister foster a couple dogs during yeah. COVID? Yeah, we did during COVID because, you know, I think we were sort of one of those families that's like, oh, my gosh, we're at home all the time. Like, let's get a dog. And we're all like, wait, no, (laughs) let's not get a dog. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, but we did. We fostered um, two dogs. And yeah, it was awesome. And one of the dogs, uh, uh, her name was Shorty. Mm -hmm. And she came to us. um, I don't remember what her story was, but she was like a very, very timid dog, did not trust us, didn't want to be in the same room as us at first. And then like we really bonded with her and Mm. loved her. And then my mom was kind of like, hmm, like Shorty could be a good dog for me. (laughs) And I'm like, honestly, yeah, like she's not super high energy like Velvet was, like she could be, but that, you know, we didn't really make a move on that. And then she got rehomed, which is great. Uh, And then the second dog we had was... Vinny, who was a boy dog. And let me just say, for the longest, for the last like 10 years of my life and my mom's life, it's just been my two sisters, so three girls, and my mom at mm-hmm. home. It is a girl house. Mm-hmm. And Vinny, the boy dog, did not work in that <laughs> house. Sorry, Vinny. We just, boys, nope, nope. So, but he found a good home. Yes, he and that was well. through Coco's Heart Dog Rescue. Yes, I yep. love them. They're a great organization yeah. if anybody's looking um, mm-hmm. in the Hudson area or even mm-hmm. the cities. But yeah, I think they serve outside of Hudson, but they're based in Hudson, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So you then went on to pursue social sciences, mm-hmm. um, and now you're a dean of students, which is just yes. crazy to me because yes. I knew you when you were just a kid. I know. But I'm so I'm so thrilled for all the students that you get to serve because you're such a great person. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm a behavior dean. And so, which is kind of a weird title because people are like, you're a dean. Like they think of like a college dean, like I don't run a school or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but I do behavior work basically. Um, so I work specifically with the seventh grade at my school and I respond to all of the, you know, the teacher's like, hey, this kid is not acting right. Come to the classroom and, and process with them. Tough crew, and, man, that age. Oh, yeah. They're the best, <laughs> though. I love my job. I love it so much. So um, what, do you, what do you love about it? What do you get out of it? I think what I get about it and why I really wanted to do this work. So when I graduated college, I was like a little bit unsure what I wanted to do. I got my degree in youth studies. So I was like, I could do basically like anything working with kids and that's, you know, I want to work with kids. But so then I did a AmeriCorps um, promise fellow position, whatever at a school that was really just, it was kind of a weird position, but I really just supported students all the time and helped them with their homework and like hung out with them and whatever. Um, But when I was there, I realized that my my favorite part of my job was doing the behavior work. Like after they got in trouble, I like talking with them about it and Mm -hmm. helping them work through, okay, how can we make it right? How can we get you back in the classroom learning? And how can we own up to what we did wrong? Mm -hmm. And what do you need from other people to like make you feel better? Because let's be real, like teachers aren't always right. Sometimes teachers do things wrong too. And 
you know, we need to make sure that we are addressing all parts of kids getting in trouble. Um, and I really liked doing that. So then uh, when I finished up the AmeriCorps term of service, I got a job as the behavior dean. So and yeah, that I is think, at a school in <clears throat> Minneapolis? Yep, yep, mm-hmm. I'm at a school in South Minneapolis. Um, and I think what I love about it so much and why I was really drawn to this work is because I think so often um, kids, you know, get, get punishment, right? They receive punishment, yeah. which is very punitive. And when I think about my work, I like to frame it as discipline. And discipline comes from the word disciple, which means to serve. That's cool. And I think I, like, am there to serve these kids. And when these kids are in trouble, like, it is my job and it is the job of the school to serve them and support them to get them back into a space where they are ready to learn again. That is, um, that's so cool. Yeah. I have not, <laughs> see, I just learned something new about the word discipline. Yeah. So are you seeing, okay, so like, not only are you doing a really hard job, which is just like being around and dealing with seventh and eighth graders, <laughs> um, but um, you're seeing them when they have something, you know, um, negative has happened. Yeah. When they're like kicked out of the classroom, which is but, never yeah. a good feeling. No, but then throw on top of that. 2020 (laughs) well and right now we're totally online okay so i'm actually not in person at all and that will uh, be changing in the next couple months i think i don't really know what's going on uh communication has not been great (laughs) but uh we're totally online right now so honestly my job this year has been a lot less around behavior because it's really hard for kids to get in trouble on a google meet yeah (laughs) um but just a lot more around (laughs) supporting kids who aren't showing up and aren't logging on uh-huh. which is cool and I'm, I'm i'm really happy to be doing this and i'm really enjoying it um so yeah so do, i'm doing a lot more like engagement stuff do you see um i feel like there would be higher instances of anxiety yeah. however maybe you don't see it as much because you're just not seeing them in person you know and i think like that's i i felt really torn back in last spring when everybody is like or not even last spring, like more so this year about going back into the building. Should we go into the building or should we be online? And I'm like, I so understand that we don't want to put like the safety and the health of any of our students or staff or families at risk, but also like kids need to be in the building and they need the support because you're right. Like the mental health issues that are arising in these times of COVID are so high. Like it's so bad. And when kids are online, I mean, it's just so hard to support them sure. with their mental health. It's just so hard. So I, I had asked you to, to, cause you're kind of one of our experts on, I'd asked you to look up some stats for us around this. Do you want to share what you've kind of yeah. come up with? Yeah. I just kind of went to, um, one, one resource that I, that is really good and available to the public if you ever are interested in it. It's on the Minnesota Department of Health's website. I think that's really good for people to know good information. Yeah, I do think there's a responsibility for all of us to improve our discernment uh, as to where we get our information and to uh, have it be a credible source before you totally, pass it on. So totally. I'm really glad you brought that up. So what is that website again? Um, it's the Minnesota Department of Health's Perfect. website. And I don't know exactly what like the documents are called that I found this data from. That's okay. But what what the data is, is every single year they give um, like surveys, I guess I'll call them, to students that are basically like, do you feel loved? Do you feel like mm-hmm. there's people at school who care about you? Are there people at home who care about you? Um, and so a lot of it's like social, emotional, 
professional focused. And then a lot of it's like academic too. Like, are you, you know, getting good grades, whatever, stuff like that. But so a couple of the things that I brought today are um, two of the questions are in the past two weeks, how often have you had feelings uh, or how often have you been feeling down, depressed or hopeless? And um, I have two different categories that I brought because I know that you guys do a lot of work with the JDC, yep. Juvenile Detention Center. Yep. Um, so in regular schools, just like general public schools, 8.5% uh, kids report feeling down, depressed, hopeless every single day. Wow. Right? So then there's also the other categories where almost every day or sometimes or whatever, but 8.5 every single every day. day. And that's in regular public schools. Uh, at the Juvenile wow. Detention Center, it's 28.5%. Sure. Uh, uh, feelings of nervousness, anxious, or feeling on edge is 12.5%. Every day. Every single day Ugh. in regular public schools. Mm -hmm. And 27.5% at the JDC. Wow. And also, like, let's recognize that a lot of kids aren't going to be honest about that yeah right <laughs> and are going to be like no i'm fine and mm -hmm. who are these people giving me this survey and why would i tell right. them that i'm feeling hopeless every day of my life oh, right yeah so that these numbers you know who knows how accurate they are but but that our kids are really you know hurting <laughs> right and hurt kids grow up to be hurt adults right. and hurt People right. hurt people. Right. You know, in some way, shape, or form, I know it's a pretty trite, like, blanket statement. Yeah. But, however... But there's a lot to that. Yeah. So, social-emotional learning is something we're all about at Canine Inspired Change. We yeah. just do it through dogs. Mm -hmm. um, and... I think there's a big room for growth in that for um and 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 all levels mm -hmm. um because we can be doing better for our children mm -hmm. as they grow up in this crazy world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know my school and I I believe all schools in the Minneapolis Public School District have a really large focus on social and emotional learning, which is awesome and thank God yeah, that we're right. doing that. Um but yeah, and, and and specifically the work that I do, you know, when I get a kid who's sent to my office because their teacher kicked him out of class, they're pissed off. Right. And so I have to do a lot of like calming and it's okay. And maybe you messed up, but that doesn't mean you're a bad person. And mm -hmm. let's get you back to feeling good and feeling ready to learn because that's why we're at school. Right. Well, I think that's just a nice, good blanket statement for everybody in the yeah. entire world totally it's like you know what you might have messed up but it's okay you're not a bad person right. and here's some things we can do right i mean that is just a, a, if that's what's on your mirror every morning right good your right. day's gonna be and you that, have a chance of that a kind good of day. speaks to the um theory i guess of restorative justice yes. which is another thing that minneapolis public schools is really big on is that when kids mess up you know how do we make it right we're not going to send you to like detention and then oh now all of a sudden you know what to do next time no that's right. not how that works like you need to figure out what went wrong how mm -hmm. can we make it right with all the parties involved mm -hmm. and you know do better next time right and let you feel heard you know yeah. and give you some tools totally yeah yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. Well, what are some tools that you use with the kids in your office? Are you using breathing at all? Like we yeah, do a canine. We do a lot okay. of breathing. A lot what of breathing. What kind of breathing are you doing? Um, I do a lot of like four by four by four breaths. We okay. So I, I wanted to tell you we changed our three deep dog breaths to four deep dog breaths. Okay. Because of the four count inhale and the four count exhale, yes. and then we do it four times, and dogs have four paws, and oh, so we're I love tying. It. The four, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So tell everybody what the four by four breath is. So the way that I do it is uh, you inhale for four counts, you hold it for four counts, and then you exhale for four counts. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Sometimes that's called box breathing, no? Uh, perhaps. Okay. I don't know. That definitely might be true. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's one that I try to use a lot with my kids. Just Why you the know. breath hold at four? I don't know like okay. the science behind it. That's just how I learned it. Um, okay, sorry to put you on the spot there. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, I wish I had a better answer. But I think, I think maybe I, what I make up in my head is that the hold is really an opportunity to like bring yourself back to center. Like it's okay. Well, in yoga, we. I mean, I definitely do a breath hold in my personal breathing practices. Sure. And that's just an opportunity to be completely still. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Is always a good thing. Yeah, and can be really calming, right? Very calming. Well, yeah. and it resets. The science behind it is that it resets the autonomic nervous system. Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. <laughs> now I know. There's a guy named Dr. Huberman who just um, launched his own podcast. He's a um, scientist at Stanford. I talk about him all the time. Yeah, I, like I looked over at our producer, Mark, because he's episode. probably going, here we go with Dr. Huberman <laughs> again. Um, if nobody knows about him, you should check him out because he's got incredible information and he really really succinctly and um humbly because he's so brilliant in his field but breaks down for the average person the science behind breathing it's really mm. cool that's so. cool yeah that's awesome so all right well you know that i might be tom um asking you to um consult on our videos we just made so we just mm -hmm. made some videos for social social emotional learning and um we're writing a curriculum around them right now, and we so want to make awesome. them available to all the schools. Um, so we'll 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 get you in to consult yeah. on them. And I want to okay, I want to ask you about one other technique if you've heard of it because yeah. this is my favorite one. It's not a breathing technique, but it's five, four, three, two, one. I don't know if you know about that. Um, no. Okay, so this is one that specifically I use for kids who have like high anxiety, and it is like the best thing. So. I'll just tell a kid, like, okay, let's sit down and tell me five things you can see. Oh. So, like, take a second, look around. Five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is, like, the most, in my experience, um, like, bringing kids back to present. And really? Yeah. Because it's just, like, really, like, bring yourself back to reality, right? Because when you're, like, feeling high anxiety or whatever it is. Well, the mind like, is racing. The mind is really yeah. in. Yep. And, it's, and you're really, like, detaching yourself from reality. And so that is really just, like, okay, let's, like, figure out what's real. Like, yep. what is in the room around you? Like, what can you hear? And it's just, It's like, grounding. It's, it's like a grounding, grounding. exercise. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. That's cool. So Actually, that's a really Beth, good one. Beth, who is our... Um, behavior analyst on our staff she mm. works at the courage center or courage kinney now it's called oh yeah, yeah um she was telling me about that yeah and we were thinking of doing that like from a dog's perspective in canine inspired change Ooh. like but i think I that, that i'm I, I don't know we were gonna do maybe like one thing what's one thing like 
that your therapy dog can see right now? What's one yeah. thing your therapy dog can touch right now? And I don't know we're kind of messing around with that, so maybe we'll we'll do some spitballing on that and yeah. see what, what comes I out. I love that. Yeah. That's a really good one. I feel like that w- would definitely help a kid who's like, I don't want to do this. Like, right. I don't and be like, well, what does your dog see? And like, that probably is much easier for like kind of any tough guy or anything to right. feel, get more in well, tune with their emotions. I'll it's say. for, especially for children who have, you know, incurred some sort of disempowering, like bodily trauma. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely, um, it makes sense that they would want to protect themselves. Totally. And so, to have the dog there, it's just once removed from your own self. However, you are still experiencing it. Yeah. So that's how dogs I see are so beneficial and yeah. especially working with kids in trauma. Yeah. Um, so um, what is your thoughts with, um, I was going to say, what's your thoughts about therapy dogs, you know, in schools? And it's kind of like, what are you going to tell me? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not for it. <laughs> Don't want it. No. Um, do you guys have any therapy dogs coming into your We school? do not. Okay. Which I want so badly. I think that, I mean, I have not ever had the opportunity to like see your guys's, you know, uh, What's the word I'm looking program. for? Program. Program, yeah. yeah. Program in action because I don't have a dog, right? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I see kids. So one one of my other, <clears throat> excuse me, one of my other jobs at the YMCA. Yeah. And I, at the Y, you know, we take kids into the world on field trips all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, that is where I spend a lot of time seeing kids around dogs. Mm. And we actually... Oh, maybe I shouldn't say it less. <laughs> the YMCA has a policy where we're not supposed to let our kids go and pet a dog uh-huh. if we see it in public, which like makes sense. I'm not always the best <laughs> at following that. I'll just own that. Um, but, but I mean, I yeah. You can see the difference in a, a yeah. child's demeanor once they're exposed. Absolutely. To a dog. I mean, yeah. dogs, and I did like a little bit of research on this too. Dogs like are proven to boost moods and lower anxiety. Yep like that's just a fact like that there's been a lot of research around that mm-hmm. and you know so, so even for our kids who aren't super like anxious necessarily like they boost moods like right. dogs just make people happy they right. just do dogs right. just love unconditionally and want to kiss you and mm-hmm. be next to you right. and like petting a dog i mean i think that's like undeniably like it just feels nice yeah it makes you feel good and they measure cortisol and cortisol levels come down which is a stress hormone comes down come down in the act of petting a yeah an animal so yeah and i think like you know we just talked about 12.5 percent of kids yeah. every single day are feeling on edge right i mean i think having a therapy dog and just even like one dog in every school like can that happen it can we can it can happen well we'll work on it yeah yeah i definitely want to get cic in my school so we're gonna bad. work on it yeah well i'm so grateful that you came here and talked to me about all this it's just fascinating to get your perspective on it um and I really appreciate you. And yeah. I love you. Thanks for having me. This was so great. So fun. Well, we'll do it again. Maybe we'll have cool. a full family Oh, yeah. Cast. Nobody, well. nobody would get a word in edgewise. No, it would just be a bunch of cackling. Over each other. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for listening today. We love you. We see I see you. You matter. And until next time, get out there and do good with your dog. Bye.